Hey, we are concluding kind of a sub-series to our theme for the year, which is Come With Me, and we're concluding it. Um, we've been in this little sub-series called Transformed, and we've been talking about all the different areas that God wants our, tra- our lives to be transformed. And so we're going to conclude that this weekend uh, on the idea that God wants to transform us in the area of forgiveness. And so um, I'm just telling you right now to try to tackle this subject in one message. Um, it could probably be a year-long theme, to be quite honest with you. Um, and uh, to tackle it in one, one message is going to be a, a, a little difficult, but I really do feel God has given me some interesting strategy for this, and I think it's gonna be really good. So I hope you came to receive um, and, and open your hearts. I'm gonna start by reading a story um, from the Word of God, and so I'm going to ask you in just a moment uh, to close your eyes, and I'm gonna pray And then I want you to keep your eyes closed as I read this story. And I want you to really um, be aware of what what things rise up in you as I read this story. Um, What feelings come up? If there's any emotions that come up? Is there any thoughts that come to mind? And we have mic runners in the room. And if you're new to Shine Church, we we pass the microphone. And so when I get done um, with the story, I'm just going to ask you to just simply share Uh, What were some of the thoughts or feelings or emotions that came up as I read this story? So would you be willing to do that? All right, let's pray. Well, Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, and Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for the fact that you you love us so much that you will not leave us where we are at. And so, Lord, I pray right now this morning that your Holy Spirit would come into this room. Um, Lord, we don't want just another message. We don't want just another speech. God, we want a life transformative message that comes from your throne. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak to us. Just give him permission to come and speak to your heart and to your mind and your spirit. And Lord, we do. We ask that you would... You would use this word today to penetrate into our hearts and into our mind. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would take over from this moment. And God, when it comes to this area of forgiveness, God, show us. Show us what we need. Holy Spirit, I pray you would show us what we need when it comes to this issue in our life. And I know it's going to be different for every person listening to me right now. So, Lord, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would come in and and you would change everyone's life in the way they need it to be changed and transformed. And so, Lord, we thank you that you can do that. And we ask that you would speak to us through this story. In your name we pray. Amen. Please keep your eyes closed and just think about this story as I read it. There once was a king who had servants who had borrowed money from the royal treasury. He decided that he wanted to settle accounts with each of them. And as he began the process, it came to his attention that one of his servants owed him $1 billion. $1 billion. So he summoned the servant before him and he said to him, pay me what you owe me. When his servant was unable to repay his debt, The king ordered that he be sold as a slave along with his wife and children and every possession they owned as payment toward his debt. The servant threw himself face down at the master's feet and he begged for mercy. 
Please be patient with me. Just give me more time and I will repay you all that I owe. One billion dollars. Upon hearing his pleas, the king had compassion on his servant and released him and forgave him his entire one billion dollar debt. No sooner had the servant left when he met one of the fellow servants who owed him $20,000. $20,000. He seized him by the throat and he began to choke him, saying, you better pay me right now everything you owe me. His fellow servant threw himself face down at his feet and he begged, please be patient with me. If you'll just give me time, I will repay you all that is owed. But the one who had his debt forgiven stubbornly refused to forgive what was owed him. He had his fellow servant thrown into prison and demanded he remain there until he repay the debt in full. When his associates saw what was going on, they were outraged and went to the king and told him the whole story. The king said to him, you scoundrel, is this the way you respond to my mercy? Because you begged me, I forgave you the massive debt that you owed me. Why didn't you show the same mercy to your fellow servant that I just showed to you? In a fury of anger, the king turned him over to the prison guards to be tortured until all his debt was repaid. In this same way, my heavenly father will deal with any of you if you do not release forgiveness from your heart towards your fellow believer. Oof. All right. If you would be so bold... Would you share maybe some thoughts, um, emotions, feelings, thoughts that came to your mind um, as you, as I was reading that story? What, what came to mind? Did you hear me read the story? Just kidding. Right here. Um, and if you pretty, state your name, just so everybody knows. This yeah. is Mulaney. Um, simply um, came to me, God, please help me to remain sensitive to you where I need to forgive. Mm. If, if anything around me, if I'm holding anything against mm. anyone, please help me to be that. It's to good. be the way you are toward me. It's good. Did that come because of the last verse that I read? Mm -hmm. Or was it there while Most, I was reading the story? Um, mostly, mostly toward the end, but yeah. somewhere okay. in the middle too. That's good. Right. Somebody else? Do you relate with any one of the characters in this story? I'm okay waiting, so go ahead and... My name's Todd. Uh, I just felt uh, extreme gratitude because I know, mm. like I know my debt is, you know, it's, it's an unpayable debt and just amazing gratitude for what he has forgiven me. And then of course, you know, conviction um, just for... Obviously, I'm slow to forgive sometimes and need to be quicker to forgive. So. Well, that's good. Anybody else? 
my thing? It's just it was just humbling to um, like I know I'm I'm familiar with that story, read it a thousand times, but it's really humbling and a little bit scary to to think that I don't I don't see God's forgiveness as that big. Like I like I I know I've done some bad things here and there and. <laughs> And uh, so I'm, I'm obviously reading the story, or I'm hearing the story through a very spiritual lens, like God and me. And uh, and it's humbling, and it's almost sad, and it's almost scary to to think, like, man, is is it really that enormous? Is it really that extreme? Because uh, you know, I think of myself as an all right guy, <laughs> you know, and I but I know that's not the truth, and that's like it's terrifying to me to know that I have that kind of self-righteousness or pride in me that's, that, uh, that doesn't have the gratitude that when you read that story, like, who, who does that guy think he is? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a little bit scary, to be honest. Yeah. It's a little bit like, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I'm just trying to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. There's, there's a book, if anybody is interested in kind of going deeper, not necessarily down the road of forgiveness, but just to that idea that we think we're good, that we're good enough. There's a book called The Truth About Us by Brant Hansen. The Truth About Us, um, it, it'll wreck you. <laughs> uh, it really just reveals kind of just how much we do from the selfish motivation of different things, thinking that we're, um, you know, better than others. Uh, one of the things he brings up in that is that um, if I were to do a survey of this room in here and ask you if you think you are better than average than the than the you know other people, um, surveys have shown that almost every one of you in this room would say you're higher than average. And how can that possibly be? Because <laughs> in a room this size, half of you would be, have to be below average. Uh, but there's just this self thing that we have that hey, we think we're we're overly good, which is very interesting in that. DJ, somebody online? Yeah, we've got one online that uh, commented, we need to forgive others to receive full forgiveness ourselves. It's mm, really good. It's a good thought as we read that. Yes? Um, I'm Sarah. Um, to me, the thought came that there's incredible uh, freedom in forgiveness, mm. um, especially in forgiving somebody who doesn't deserve it. <laughs> None of us do, but... When we forgive, we not only free that person, but there's freedom in ourselves and in our heart, and that's, that's really the good. freedom that that's really helps good. me to forgive. Yeah. Sarah, you're, you're cheating and reading ahead in the notes. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. Um, I, real quick, does anybody have any insight? Here's this guy that just got forgiven a billion-dollar debt, and he goes after another guy that only owes him $20,000. Now, that's the actual today numbers that, that Jesus would have been speaking to, you know, this from the Passion Translation. Um, why, why would that guy, I mean, you must you think that he walked away going, oh my gosh, I can't believe he forgave a, a billion dollar debt and then immediately goes after $20,000. Why? I think he received the forgiveness for the debt, but he didn't actually receive it into his heart. He didn't actually forgive himself for what he had done, for the debt that he had incurred. Okay. And because of that, it wasn't in his heart 
he wasn't able to forgive somebody else. That's, that's good. Okay. That's really good. Somebody else? Right here? There we go. Put these micro to work. I like it. <laughs> I guess what really struck me is how blind I am to myself. So in both directions in that story, right? So why am I so blind to how much I've been forgiven? And why am I so blind to probably things that I begrudge people in my heart and not, and I don't, and I hide it from myself, right? So I'm not, not even aware of either one. Yeah. Oh man, that's so good. Yep. Right here in the back row. Hi, I'm Rachel. I think sometimes, Naomi and I were actually just talking about this scripture yesterday, that we judge ourselves based on our intention. <laughs> like, my intention was X, Y, or Z, or our own, and we judge someone else's like by how we see it, I don't know. So we think yeah. that maybe ours isn't, our sin isn't quite as bad because my intention was, or because I, like my motive was, or I kind of wondered that yeah. because and it's and when you're judging someone like someone else's sin, like when I was talking yesterday about forgiveness, like you look at someone else's based entirely on how they hurt you, how it affected you, and so it's all bad, you know. Yeah, no, that's really good. Good right here. Um, this, I'm Bill. This just came to me, and so I'm kind of verbally processing it. But um, I don't understand the effects of my sin on the other. Someone who has been forgiven a billion-dollar debt is not able to conceive of the effect of that on a king who probably has much more than that. Um, and so, you know, to go along with not being able to, not being able to receive that forgiveness. And so, um, I found that, or I'm finding that in order to be able to understand the effects of my own offense, I need to enter in to what the effects were on the other person. Mm. And that requires conversation and engagement and entering into their pain or their discomfort. It's mm, good. And seeing myself and my sin or offense, seeing it through their eyes. That's good. That's really good. Uh, here's the thought I have on this. Um, he was forgiven a billion dollars, but did that help his current situation? I mean, did it really? I mean, it didn't, it, it relieved a debt, but I don't know how much it really relieved his current situation. And then he sees this guy that has $20,000 and he's like, that 20,000 could really help me out right now. Um, and I would submit that sometimes when it comes to forgiveness, we don't really realize how it changes our current situation. And so therefore, when we see it in somebody else, we hold things against them. Just, just some thoughts on that. Um, okay, so I'm going to read this last verse one more time. Um, thank you, Mike Runners. We'll, we'll come back in just a minute um, to you guys. Um, last verse. In this same way, Jesus speaking, my heavenly Father will deal with any of you if you do not release forgiveness from your heart towards your fellow believer. 
Um, in the Lord's Prayer, the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. And so he gives us, as we commonly know, the Our Father, right? Our Father who art in heaven. And we can all, most of us probably, recite that from memory. We conclude it, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, yours forever and now. Amen. Um, but there's another verse or two that actually is included in the book of Matthew that continues on. And I wonder why we don't memorize and recite this as a part of the prayer. And it says this, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Mark eleven twenty five, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, Okay, anything against anyone. I'm pretty sure that captures everybody in this room. If you hold anything against anyone, what are you to do? You are to make sure you get reprimanded for that. No, you reprimand them for that. No, you forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Okay, this is not the only scriptures that speak about forgiveness, um, but these are the ones that I felt like the Lord wanted me to bring to you. Would you all agree that God is clearly trying to get our attention? Jesus himself, these are all Jesus' words. Jesus himself is trying to teach us that if we do not forgive others, um, how can we expect to receive forgiveness? Yes? Do you feel the weight of this? Do you understand this? Okay, so I think it's really important we understand what forgiveness is, okay? The, the, the dictionary defines forgiveness as this, the action or process of forgiving or being forgiven. So um, I went deeper and said, okay, so what does forgive mean? Um, in the dictionary, at least on my Mac computer, it means this, to stop feeling angry or resentful towards somebody to stop feeling angry or resentful towards somebody. And uh, the truth is there's elements of truth in this definition, but I don't fully like it because I think it puts the onus on us to forgive. It puts the onus on us to stop feeling a certain way, to uh, stop being resentful for somebody. And the bottom line is, um, whether it's somebody who cuts you off while you're driving or somebody that did some deep, dark, thing of abuse to you, um, it's really hard in our flesh to just stop feeling angry uh, and resentful, yes? As a matter of fact, I would submit to you once again that if you try to do this in your flesh, you're only going to entice your flesh and the thing that you want to let go, it's actually gonna just stir up more and more and more. If you try to tell yourself to stop feeling angry about this, what are you gonna do? You're gonna mull it over and you're gonna get angrier and angrier and angrier. At least that's how I do it. Anybody else? So, um, so it, it lacks, in my opinion, in regards to just a full understanding of, of what forgiveness is. Um, so I looked it up, obviously, in the Greek to look, just to see what you know, the Bible says about this. And so um, there's, there's three different Greek words that is used for either forgive or forgiveness. So quickly, let's go through these. Forgiveness. It's used 17 times in, um, in the New Testament, and this is what it means. It means a dismissal, a release, a pardon, a sending away, a letting go. Again, a release, a pardon, complete forgiveness properly, something sent away, releasing someone from obligation or debt. 
releasing someone or someone from obligation or debt. Okay, let me give you an example of this in scripture. Ephesians 1, 5 through 8, it says, he, Christ, predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. Everybody say amen. amen. In accordance with his pleasure and will. So it was his great joy, his will to do this. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves, which is Christ, in him, Christ, we have redemption through his blood. Everybody say amen. amen. The forgiveness of sins. Amen. amen. In accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. And so I want you to get this picture here, church, that because of Christ, we have been given this gift of forgiveness. By the way, forgiveness is a noun. It's not a verb, it's a noun. So basically what this is saying is because of what Christ did for you and I, we have been given the gift of forgiveness. What have we been forgiven of? All of our sins. Okay, I thought I'd get a little more. This This is good news. This is really, really good news. All the things you did yesterday, today, and everything you'll do tomorrow, Jesus died on the cross for that, for that sin. And he's given you the free gift of this forgiveness. And we're going to talk about here at the end of the message <clears throat> how poorly we do of actually embracing that gift. Because um, we don't receive this, this gift that God has given to us. But I love the fact that he didn't only just say, hey, because of what Christ did, you have this gift. But then it says, and he lavishes it on. Oh my gosh, when's the last time you thought about yourself as having lavished forgiveness poured over you? Until I studied this message, I can honestly say, I don't know if I ever have thought that. But I think, church, we need to lavishly forgive ourselves and we'll get more into that. Okay, good? That's forgiveness. All right, the word that we used or read in earlier Matthew, Matthew and Mark Um, is the word forgive. It's not forgiveness, it's forgive. And it's used 146 times. That's a lot, 146 times in the New Testament. And here's what it means. To send away, to leave alone. I send away, I let go, I release, I permit to depart, I remit, forgive, I permit, I suffer. So interesting, because there's there's some really interesting meaning to this word and the fact that, okay, it's a letting go. It's a, hey, this has happened and I've, I'm gonna permit it to go away. I, I, I'm, and, and there's even some indication that uh, there may be a little suffering in this process. You guys see that? Okay, there's another word, forgive, that's used in the New Testament um, and the, the word's on the screen behind me, but it's used 23 times. Both of these words are verbs, which means it's an action that we do, we step into. And it means this, to show favor, give freely, to show favor, I pardon, forgive, I show kindness properly, to extend favor or grace, freely give favor to grant someone forgiveness or pardon. It is used of God giving his grace to pardon. This is freely done and therefore not based on any merit of the one receiving forgiveness. And everybody said, amen. Okay, and this is where it's used. Ephesians, a couple times, Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Forgiving, forgave this word right here, to extend grace 
not based on any merit that the person deserved. And that's how God forgave you. In other words, church, you don't earn forgiveness. This is good news. You don't earn forgiveness. God has freely extended his grace to give this to you, not based on any merit or credit you and I can, can do. Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So once again, uh, this, it, Paul is trying to get, in both of these passages, he's trying to get us to understand that, hey, look, as God has forgiven you, given that grace, freely merit, given that without any merit or any credit, hey, this is what I want you to do for other people. I didn't think I'd get any amens there. Here's the truth. Um, we, we don't do this well. And I would even submit to you that the capital C church um, and the little C shine church here, if we could truly embrace this and if we could truly live uh, and be people who forgive, that maybe the power of God would be stronger in our presence. Could it be that God is holding his power back because we're not good forgivers? I, I don't know. I'm just submitting that to you. Something to mull on. Um, okay, so now this is where it gets, it, it, this, is, this is where it gets difficult for me to teach. Okay, because I think we all know this. If you've been in church at all, uh, you've probably heard scriptures on forgiveness and the fact that if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. And I don't know where you are and how you wrestle through that, um, but we probably have all heard messages on this. Um, and so it becomes very difficult then to, to actually communicate this because the truth is some of us in this room get super offended and forgiven or, or super offended and, and hold bitterness because somebody cuts us off driving down the road. I remember a conversation I had with somebody um, in the church that um, for three days, I heard about this one guy that cut him off. Dude, he held on to that. I'm just like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I, and of course, here's what, I, how, how petty is that? And then my wife tells me later that, well, you've been holding on this little petty thing for three days. I'm like, shut up. No, I have not. <laughs> Anybody relate? I mean, and so I realized that, that this, this, is, this is a huge spectrum. We, we've got little offenses that we hold on to, but then we've got real life ugly abuses that have taken place. And I'm not discounting those either, and I'm not trying to make this one equal with this one, but here's the truth. All of them put a heavy burden on us, and they bind us from the freedom that Christ wants us to have. The freedom that Christ wants us to have. So I'm praying through, okay, so how do I get this? Um, and uh, we have our, we're, we're doing a kind of a mid-month meeting in our house church, and we're going over some material, and this had really not much to do with the material, though it led our discussion uh, a little bit. But Ephesians 3.17 says this, and I pray to you, or I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And then this funny statement. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And so Paul is basically praying, I want you to have the fullness of everything that God could possibly want you to have. That's the heart, not only of Paul, but I believe that's the heart of our father. He wants you to be full. Would you agree with that? Okay, so if God wants us to be full, then Paul says this really interesting thing, and he says, I pray that you would know this love 
that surpasses knowledge. How do you know something that goes beyond something in your knowledge? How do you do that? Well, this is my interpretation. I don't have time to go into this and teach a whole lot about this. But basically what he's saying is you need to get it out of the intellect and you need to get it into your heart. You need to stop just focusing on facts and figures and logic and you need to move into the fact that if you have an experience with God, if you let the Holy Spirit come in and direct you in whatever area we've been talking about in regards to the transformed life, if you let him come in and experience him in those things, then you will have a knowing about this particular subject more than just a knowing of it. Does that make sense? The idea is there's an intimate relationship as, as the section of scripture where it says that Joseph did not know his wife until after Jesus was born. That intimacy, it's talking about um, sexual relationships. It's talking about that type of an intimate relationship. And basically what Paul is saying is, hey, I'm praying that this message, and this is my prayer for this morning, I'm praying that this message would move away from the intellectual pieces of what this is and move it into the experience of who he is in you. And this becomes incredibly difficult for me as a preacher to do because I can give you really good information, or maybe not, I don't know. (laughs) I can give you information. good or bad, right? But I can't create an experience for you. Does that, does that make sense? And so this is something that I wrestled with and the teaching team talked about and we went back and forth on how do we do this? And uh, the truth is, I, I don't want to become a church that starts chasing experiences, but the truth is, um, when you have an experience with the resurrected Lord, that's when your life is transformed, And it goes beyond the intellectual understanding, right? And so my prayer is that you would let the Holy Spirit begin, as we go through the rest of this service, begin to transform this message from an intellectual one into more of an experiential one, if you will. And that you would put yourself into it and let your heart be activated and your spirit activated and not so much trying to figure out with your head. Does that make sense? Anybody want to come up here and try this? <laughs> I, I mean, this is, this is where it, it, it's really difficult. This is where the rubber really hits the road, right? This is where, I, do, we, do we believe this stuff beyond just an understanding of it? Do we believe it to where um, when we're living in our lives, um, we automatically let these things flow from us? And I don't know if any of us are real good at letting forgiveness just flow from us. And I know our world isn't. All I got to do is pull up one Facebook page. I could show you probably in 15 seconds how, man, this area of bitterness and resentment is not free-flowing forgiveness at all. So here's what I felt like the Lord um, instructed me to do. And we'll see how it goes. Uh, It's only going to be as good as as your willingness to participate uh, in this. Um, I felt like the Lord told me to look up a bunch of quotes on forgiveness. And so I did. And as I was doing it, I felt like the Lord started sorting these quotes out into three little subcategories of this. Um, and so I'm going to read each one of these little subcategories. We're going to have three of them. And then I'm going to have the mics passed around. And here's what I would love to hear from you. Um, what do you like about these quotes? Uh, what do you not like about the quotes? Um, is there any common theme that you see in each one of them? Um, what other things come to mind as you hear and read these quotes. 
um, and then we'll, we'll have a little um, interaction piece after each section of these quotes. So you ready to jump in? You willing to do this with me? Are you willing to do this with me? <laughs> okay, <laughs> here we go. First quote, always forgive your enemies. Nothing annoys them so much. Oscar Wilde. Resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill your enemies. Nelson Mandela. Throughout life, people will make you mad, disrespect you, and treat you bad. Let God deal with the things they do because hate in your heart will consume you too. Will Smith. To be wronged is nothing unless you continue to remember it. Confucius. Forgiveness is not an occasional act. It is a constant attitude. Martin Luther King Jr. And the last one, to err is human, to forgive divine. Alexander Pope. All right, as you read through those, as I was reading them, um, interact with us. What did, you, what did you like? What did you not like? What other, spark, what other thoughts did the Holy Spirit spark as you read through there? Is there a common theme with these? Joshua. Um, just the, the thought that um, a wrong done to you, against you, only you, you're the only one who can give that power. Mm. You're the only one who can give a, a, a wrong or a, uh, an offense power. Mm. Okay. Oof. That's... That, that could be a message right there. That first one, Oscar Wilde, when I first read it, it just feels so good, right? But then you look at <laughs> it a little bit more closely. Isn't it a little passive aggressive? <laughs> it's, like, it, it's a way of, well, I'm going to take the higher ground, but I'm going to really be, I'm going to win this situation by being clever maybe or something. But it's kind of hanging on to a little bit of, uh, resentment to that person, I think. Yeah. And, and it's, is it really about getting the upper hand, which is what we really want in those situations? Yeah. But I think only through God can we forgive in a way that we would want the best for that person, yeah. right? Or it's a totally different, as it flips it on its head right. when it's, when God's involved, I think. That's good. I almost took that one out, but then I felt like the Holy Spirit reminded me, love your enemies and it'll be like heaping burning coals upon their head. And I'm like, huh, that kind of sounds like that. Um, and so I was like, oh, I'm going to leave that one in there. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing from that Romans 12 yeah. about, you know, heaping coals. The thing is, is that he's your enemy. So in that verse, so why is that person your enemy? Mm. How did they become your enemy? What was took place? There, were there offenses and lack of forgiveness or were there Ooh. offenses back and forth that created that friction between you two? Oh, that's good. That's good. Anybody else? Right here? <laughs> um, when you talked about the heaping coals on your head, I had heard it differently a long time ago um, that when you forgive your enemies, it's like heaping coals on their head. And in that those times they would, 
uh, to keep fires burning, they would pass fire, like they would share their coals. Okay. And it was like taking, forgiving your enemy is like giving them your coals, and they would carry them on their head. But it was like giving them from your, from your mm. fire. So you're giving them ability to sustain life, basically, yeah. right? Well, that's interesting. Okay. Other thoughts? Up here. I'm looking at the last one, to err is human, to forgive divine. And yeah, obviously we're human. We are going to err. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to mess up, right? Um, to forgive is divine. And obviously that goes back to everything you've been saying and yep. you brought to us through the word because forgiveness starts with God, is what he does, and he gives that to us to do, right? Yeah. So to forgive is divine. How much do we allow God's divine to seep into mm, us, to good. be part of us? Good. We're going we're gonna to conclude today with, with something like that. Sorry? I found that uh, it's, if you choose to, you know, it's a commandment to forgive other people. And when you choose that, uh, not to forgive, you're almost setting like a roadblock up for God's blessings on your life because you're not doing what he was asking you to do. Okay, how many of you want blessings from God? Okay, wait a second. How many of you want blessings from God? Please, okay, there we go. All right, everybody in the room. Okay, good. Um, and if that is true, then if there's things that you're holding on, you're blocking the door for God to bless. I, I think that that absolutely is a good truth right there. Um, okay, so real quick, any, any theme that you see here in these? As I was reading through them and separating them, uh, I felt like these all had somewhat to do a little bit with the fact that if you don't forgive, you're hurting yourself. Okay, you're hurting yourself. Um, you're not hurting anybody else. I, I love the Nelson Mandela one. I've actually heard, obviously it's quoted as resentment, but I've heard it said this way, forgiveness is like drinking poison. I, unforgiveness actually is, is like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill the other person, right? Um, and the truth is the unforgiveness, it, it kills you. It, it's, it's, it's putting a burden on you. It's not giving you the freedom that God wants you to have. And God is, is asking you, um, let it go. That's the meaning of the forgiveness. Let it go. Ask me for the grace to just pardon that person, pardon that thing. And I understand for some it's easier than others depending on what the offense is. But I would submit that all the way across the board, Jesus is saying, will you let it go? And church, I'm, I'm just... I, my heart for you is that every single one of us would get this in this room and that we will walk out of here going, you know what? I feel a hundred pounds lighter because I've let these things go because Jesus has given me that gift and so I'm just gonna extend that and trust that he's gonna keep me in this freedom. But it, it all has to do, if you have unforgiveness, if you're holding on to bitterness and resentment, it's only killing you. It's not hurting the other person at all. It's only killing you. Okay, all right, second section of quotes. 
There's three of them, a little bit longer. Um, but again, how do you feel? Maybe a theme in this. Forgiveness has nothing to do with absolving a criminal of his crime. It has everything to do with relieving oneself of the burden of being a victim. Letting go of the pain and transforming oneself from victim to survivor. C.R. Strahan. People have to forgive. We don't have to like them. We don't have to be friends with them. We don't have to send them hearts and text messages, but we have to forgive them to overlook and to forget. Because if we do not, we are, t- we are tying rocks to our feet too much for our wings to carry. See Joy Bell C. I don't even know who that is, but I thought the quote was good. Last one. This comes from the book, The Shack. Forgiveness is not about forgetting. It's about letting go of another person's throat. Forgiveness does not create a relationship unless people speak the truth about what they have done and change their mind and behavior. A relationship of truth is not, or trust is not possible. When you forgive someone, you certainly release them from judgment, but without true change, no real relationship can be established. Forgiveness in no way requires that you trust the one you forgive. But should they finally confess and repent, you will discover a miracle in your own heart that always that allows you to reach out and begin to build between you a bridge of reconciliation. Forgiveness does not excuse anything. Okay, thoughts. Thoughts. What's the theme? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Hi, I'm Rosie. Um, I like the second one uh, from C. Joy Bell. And it reminds me a little bit about, uh, I just kept thinking almost the whole time you've been talking about, my middle daughter went to a Christian college, and of course they have to do religious classes, religion classes. They're all different types, but she had a professor who in the very beginning of the semester, he's like, okay, your main assignment, and this is what you have to do, is go buy a five-pound bag of potatoes and bring them in every time you come to my class. And they were like, uh And so he said, don't ask questions. There's nothing getting around it. You get points for this. You have to do it. And so through the whole uh, class, he was talking about forgiveness and what it does to you and how it weights you down. And and then he even had him write, like, who they had and they needed to forgive in their lives and kind of talked about how you get unforgiveness, how you get resentment, what happens in, in relationships. And so... She went through quite a, like she said, it was just transforming for her in her walk with the Lord. And she said that every time that they could, um, when they came in and they said, yeah, I forgave this person this week, and I really feel like I really let it go. He said, take a potato out of your sack and throw it in the trash. So, like some of them did not do it, and they had smelly, icky, rotten potatoes in their sack. And they were like having to bring it in and put it in like plastic bags and stuff. It was just really, she said it was like, I couldn't understand why anybody would even, she said just the whole fact of the weight on your back with your backpack and your books and everything else was just crazy. And so I really agree with that because it feels like it does weigh you down if you've ever had any issues. It weighs you down and it 
and it's on your back. It's like that Pilgrim's Progress where he has that big sack of sin on, it, on his back. Oh. It's kind of like adding that to that. So, so. It, not only does it weigh it down, but the longer that it manifests, it, it, it starts to stink. Stink and rot, yeah. Yeah. It's so, like stagnant water, right? Yeah, so it like starts it, to smell. It starts to, ooh, it, yeah. that's, that's really good. And I'm good. thinking like oh, spiritual good. rotting is yeah. really kind of yeah. what it is. So, yeah. Somebody else? Over here? And then over here. What about me? I, oh, I oh, and right here. Sorry, I didn't even. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey forgive me, bro. Forgive no, me. It's, it's going to take me a while. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> so I like the third quote. And uh, what you were like that that phrase there, letting go of another person's throat. That that re- I, I identify with that a lot. Um, and I don't. Uh, I had a. I, I don't feel like I walk in unforgiveness um, like I've seen in in some others. But I went through a season here about two years ago where I I really had a problem with somebody uh, and and what they've done and um, found myself in like this very deep dark uh, unforgiveness. And I knew it. Right. And I didn't care. Uh, mm. I was uh, I was so mad. Right. Like murderously mad. And uh, and and I knew it. I knew all the scripture. I knew all this. And, and I, it, what caught me in Matthew 18 is, you know, the, the king originally wanted to throw the guy that owed him a billion dollars like the punishment was going to be, you know, go to prison until. Yep. And then the twenty thousand dollar debt, the punishment was going to be go to prison until you pay it. But then it wasn't until, like, his unforgiveness, then the king threw him over to be tormented, to be tortured. Oh. And, um, and that's what I was in, was this torment, this torture. It was the whole, you know, drinking poison, hoping the other person dies. Um, so I like that third, third quote there because it says, hey, it's not about forgetting. It's not about saying it's okay. Um, but it is, there is a letting go. And, uh, and walking in that, and, and for me, it took me, lit, like, literally almost a year. I wanted mm. to, from the point I decided, okay, I want to forgive this person. It took me a year before I ran into them. And it was after I ran into them and, and, uh, and then I was walking on, I was like, oh my God, I didn't feel like I wanted to throat punch him. So it, it was, uh, it was, that was the first time yeah. where I was like, Lord, that is incredible. I, I guess, I guess I'm starting to forgive. Um, but it was a process for me yeah. and, and I, and I asked for it, but it took a while. Um, and then finally, amazingly, it says, but they should, but should they finally confess and repent? This person reached out to me a year later and was like, hey, we need to go to lunch, and basically completely spelled everything out and apologized. Amazing. And there is no way I would have been in a place to, to actually reconcile in any way if, I, if the Lord hadn't done that work in me. So, so good. Anyway, just a quick testimony. No, that's good. It actually reminds me of a quote in the first section from Martin Luther King. Forgiveness is not an occasional act. It's a constant attitude. I mean, it's a process. This isn't something that you do overnight that... Um, it, it's a process. It, it's a continual thing. It's really good. Um, over here. Um, I was looking at the first quote where it says, forgiveness has nothing to do with absolving a criminal of his crime. And I was thinking about how sometimes our enemies don't really care about our forgiveness. And they don't really need mm. that because they're our enemies. And they don't really like want that type of remorse for, from us. And we look at it as like, some release, like our forgiveness is a release for them, but I don't really believe that a lot of our enemies want that. So mm. maybe it's not really for them, and it's not really for us, but it's for God and what God wants from us, and like how Oof. we can please Him in His kingdom. <laughs> Mic drop, boom. <laughs> uh, yes, very good, awesome, Hannah. Thanks. And then right here, 
Right. Last one, and then we'll go to the third section. Um, the third, I mean, the second and the third one are the two that I'm kind of like relating to because I feel like with forgiveness, it's hard for me to be like, okay, well, then am I friends with them again? Or like, how does this relationship work now? And um, like sending the heart texts or whatever, like it's like, hey, yeah, I forgive you, but how can we, and then to build the bridge, where was that? And the, the last one, it's like, yep. okay, your heart allows you to reach out and begin to build a bridge of reconciliation. So I think I get stuck in like, okay, I've forgiven them, but I'm still not talking to them or like we're talking like everything's fine or like what does this relationship look like? So I think that was really like good to understand. It's really good. That's awesome. Uh, okay, the theme to me as I was reading through these is this, that many times people think that if I forgive, then what I'm doing is I'm allowing that behavior or I'm approving of that behavior or fill in the blank. Um, and we felt as a teaching team very much to make sure that you understand um, when, when terrible offenses have been done, I mean, abuses and those kind of things. Um, look, we are not saying that if you forgive, that you are then allowing that person to continue that behavior over and over and over again. And I think there's some healthy boundaries that need to be set and, unless that person changes you know, what they're doing and how they're doing things and all of that. But it doesn't change the fact that forgiveness... Um, is still a weight on you. It's a potato sack of smelly potatoes that you're carrying around, um, no matter what the severity of that offense is. And I think it's important to recognize that if you do forgive in a situation, it's not saying that you approve. Does that make sense? And I think that's really important to grab a hold of because maybe for some of you, that actually gives you the ability to let things go. Um, because I think some people hold on to things because they, they think that I'm going to, you know, by me holding on to this, I'm actually bringing justice into this person's situation. Listen, you are not the person to bring justice into a situation. I hope you know that. The word of God says that he's the one that will bring in justice. Do you believe that God is just? If you do, then you have to understand that he will make things right. It may not always make sense to us. It may not seem like how we would do it. But the truth is, many times I hold on to things because I want to enforce the justice. And Jesus is saying, no, vengeance is mine. Let me do this. Okay? He cares for you, and he cares for those who have been deeply hurt and wounded. And the thing that we need to trust in that deep hurt and wounding is that God will do the just thing. And we've got to embrace that. So real quick, if you would be so bold, um, either this first section or the second section, which all has to do with us forgiving others and, and letting things go. Um, if you would be so bold, um, are you struggling? Is there anybody in this room that is struggling letting something go? Some bitterness, some resentment, need, you, you're, you know, the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now that there's unforgiveness uh, in you that you just are not getting freedom from? Anybody in the room this morning? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, nope, we're not asking. We're just, I'm just, no mic passing, sorry. Um, okay, appreciate your willingness to do that. Here's what I would like to do. Is there somebody in the room that would pray for these individuals? Joshua? Okay, I will have you give Joshua the mic. Let's invite, as a church and as a family, let's invite the Holy Spirit to come in and give these individuals that were so bold to raise their hand uh, just an experience with the Holy Spirit. Because again, this goes beyond intellectual into the experience. So, 
No pressure, Joshua, but that's what I want you to pray. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Father, thank you that there's no pressure because you're the only one who can grant the power by Mm. your spirit to to forgive. None of us have that power to forgive. I truly believe it's divine. And so right now, Father, we plead because of the blood of your son, Mm. because of the sacrifice and the death of your son, that you would grant the grace needed right now for every individual to embrace your forgiveness completely and then to extend it completely. Lord, we would just be uh, a conduit of your grace of forgiveness right now. Your grace, your forgiveness would just pour through us, Lord, especially those of us in this room who literally can't find the grace to do it. It just seems impossible. And I, I get it. Father, it does physically seem impossible, and we proclaim that reality that without you, it is impossible to forgive. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of your Holy Spirit, would these people breathe for the first time? Would they breathe for the first time, take a breath where it's truly been forgiven and let let go uh, and give them the grace to understand what that means? And so we thank you for forgiveness right now, Jesus. And thank you for all that you've forgiven us. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. All right. Uh, Give me 10 more minutes and we'll be done. The last section. Quotes. The truth is, unless you let go, unless you forgive yourself, unless you forgive the situation, unless you realize that the situation is over, you cannot move forward. Steve Maraboli. Next one. To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. C.S. Lewis. The weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. Gandhi. I think that if God forgives us, we must forgive ourselves. Otherwise, it is almost like setting up ourselves as a higher tribunal than him. C.S. Lewis. Real quick, just two or three thoughts on this. Like them? Yep, right here. Like, dislike, thoughts that come to mind? Um, I agree with most of them, except for that the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. Okay. I think that's complete opposite. It's when we are weak that he is strong. Love it. And that's where the forgiveness is going to come from. Okay. So the Uh, weak actually can forgive. Yep. I love that. That's really good. And as a matter of fact, I would submit, um, I think when you view it from a fleshy perspective, yeah, you can't when you're weak. But, but the beautiful thing is when you invite Christ in, right, and receive that gift of forgiveness, um, you begin to realize that in your flesh you are weak. So therefore, then you can be strong and, and have that forgiveness. Love that. Good. Anybody else have a thought you want to share? Okay. So the common theme here that I saw in these was this. Um, unless you forgive yourself, you're going to have a really hard time forgiving others. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then Jesus says, and the second is just like it. And he says, you must love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I know I've taught this, uh, but just as a reminder, uh, we're going to have an incredible incredibly hard time loving others, as Joshua did an incredible job last weekend of teaching us. We're going to have an incredibly hard time loving others if we don't love ourselves. 
And I would submit to you, church, that you're going to have an incredibly hard time forgiving others unless you forgive yourself. In our teaching team, um, one of the members actually said, you can't give what you don't have. If you aren't receiving forgiveness for yourself, then you're going to have a really difficult time forgiving other people. Yes? And so, church, um, I, I want you to understand that we need to forgive ourselves. And we need to allow the Holy Spirit to really reveal this gift of forgiveness to us. And we need to embrace it and not shelf it and say, hey, once I get myself right, then I will take that forgiveness. No, without merit, God has given us this grace and we have to receive this forgiveness upon us every single morning. Do you wake up in the morning and go, thank you, Jesus, that I'm forgiven and I'm gonna live from that forgiven place? Or do you wake up and go, golly, Lord, I'm so sorry I did what I did yesterday. And, and there's, there's a place for confession and a place for all of that. But the truth is, until you wash yourself with the forgiveness gift that he's given you, you're going to have a really hard time forgiving other people and being a person of forgiveness. Yes? And so um, I want one more story from the Bible that I'm going to read, and we will wrap up. Luke 7. <clears throat> Man, this is a story of, uh, of Jesus in the midst of this, and so I pray that God would just give you revelation on this. Verse 36, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me not be this guy. Man, I see myself in that guy all the time. I don't know about you guys, but oh, man, how many times does Jesus start doing something and I'm like, if only Jesus knew what this person was. That's where this guy was. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Simon, now which one of them would love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly. Um, and so I, I want to point this out. Jesus tells this story. He asks Simon, which one will love more deeply? And Simon says, the one that was forgiven a greater debt. And Jesus doesn't say, no, 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 it's an equal. No, Jesus says, you have judged correctly. In other words, Jesus himself is saying, yep, you're right. The one that has been forgiven greater things is going to forgive more. And it goes on and says this. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came to your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. 
Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Church, where are you in this story? Where are you in this story? I self-professed, are you like Simon, who looks at what Jesus does and sometimes questions, how could he possibly do this? Does, Does he not know who this person is? Are you the woman that absolutely is wrecked by how truly unworthy you are and willing to use your tears to wipe his feet and an expensive oil poured over his head and his feet? I, I mean, are you that person? Are you, are you the debt collector uh, that has forgiven the debts? Are you the ones that have the debt and have been forgiven? Where are you in this story? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Put in your notes um, the final statement, and I'll close with this. God forgave us a debt that deserved eternal separation. Church, God forgave us a debt that deserved eternal separation from the Father. Jesus said, hell. He talked about it many times. I know the enemy's trying to take that concept away from an understanding, but we deserved hell, church. If you don't understand that, ask God to reveal the stark reality of this truth to you. We have to go to the cross, guys. We have to realize what Jesus did. And I'm gonna say a very strong statement here, and I hope that you receive it in the heart that it is given. But if you do not forgive yourself, and if you do not forgive other people, then you insult what Jesus did on the cross. Jesus died on the cross so that you would know you are forgiven. And Jesus died on the cross so that then you would take that and extend that to other people. And when we don't forgive ourselves and when we don't forgive others, we say, Jesus, what you did on the cross is not good enough. You guys okay? That okay to say? Ask God to give you the reality of this. Because if you will do that and you will let the Holy Spirit begin to give you an experience about this, not just head knowledge, but an experience of what you've been saved from, you will have repentance in your thinking. It will change your thoughts about this. And if you get that, you will be able to forgive those who have sinned against you because you will realize how much you have been given. That story right there says that if you've been forgiven little, you love little. (laughs) One more zinger and then I'll let you go, I promise. Could it be that if you're holding bitterness and resentment, if there's unforgiveness in your heart, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now and you know there's a person or a thing that has been placed and you're just like, oh, man, I hate this message, I don't know. Could it be that God is throwing a huge indicator light on your dashboard of your life and saying, hey, to the level that you're forgiving is the level that you love me. And the level you are not forgiving is the level that you're receiving the forgiveness from me, which is not much. And let that be an indicator of, oh my gosh, I gotta get this right. I've gotta get this right. And so real quick, so I can pray, um, if you'd be so bold to admit this, how many of you in this room are having a hard time forgiving yourself? Yep, 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 yep. All over the room. Father God, I pray that by your Holy Spirit that you would come in to each one of our lives and in particular the ones that just raised their hands, those that maybe didn't that are dealing with this. God, I pray that you would help us to see you or see ourselves as the way you see us. 
God, I pray that you would help us to understand that you love us so much that you died on that cross, a brutal death, so that we could receive these gifts of love and forgiveness. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to embrace those things, to um, live from them, and to truly cherish that gift, and to let that be the filter that we live our lives through. God, may we not live our lives through what we can do or how we can earn it, but Lord, help us to live it through the gift that you've given to each one of us. God, your word says that nothing can separate us from the love that you have for us. And I would submit to this entire church that nothing can separate us from the gift of forgiveness that you've given to us. And so, Lord, I know the enemy tries to stir things up in our hearts and our minds and tells us that we're not worthy of being forgiven, but we are, and we proclaim that in our lives. So if you raised your hand, I just want to encourage you the rest of this day, the rest of this week, you tell yourself you're forgiven. Speak it over your life. We have power of life and death in our words. Forgive yourself. Tell yourself you're forgiven. Embrace that gift. Receive it in and watch what God does in your heart and in your life. And then, Lord, allow that understanding that we're forgiven to then just flow out from us. God, help us not try to forgive others in our flesh, but allow your Holy Spirit to transform us in this area so that we become great forgivers. And Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. Amen.